objective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Tonight's film. Maddie, would you, is it fair to say this was your call? Yeah, I hadn't seen it before, though. <laughs> so don't, get, don't it. get angry with me. Oh, yeah, thanks, mate. Shit. <laughs> Fuck, we could have we could have pushed you off this. This is 1998's Snake Eyes, which we're straddling the line between action and thriller, I would suggest here. So it's a little bit not quite in our full wheelhouse, but it has got Nicolas Cage, so we'll take it. Before we get to that though, just quickly, a bit of up or down, they released the first trailer for The Suicide Squad yesterday, I believe. Obviously directed by James Gunn, stars Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, John Cena and a heap of others. I loved it. I thought it looked fantastic. And yeah. I'm kind of glad it's a reboot almost of of the entire thing, isn't it? It's not a sequel. Well, I think it's... In the continuity, I think it is going to be a sequel. Right. Like, the story is going to follow on from what's already laid out, but, yeah, it's basically a clean slate. Yeah, because, look, nothing against the original one greatly. I mean, I thought it was okay, but it had its it had a lot of problems. Yeah. And I like the fact that this seems just a little bit more kind of tongue-in-cheek. And the addition of John Cena, and I think Idris Elba's a good choice to fill Will Smith's shoes. But Margot Robbie looks like the the real winner here, yeah. just like she did in the original one. Yeah, I just I started pissing myself a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said to you, Adam, my favourite part of the whole thing, other than King Shark fucking ripping people apart and then you know, putting his hand up and going hand is the fucking question and answer. The, the part where Cena is berating Idris Elba about. You know, you're the leader. You're supposed to be making, you know, making the choices. And he says, "Well, you know, my order is for you to go and fucking eat a bag of dicks." <laughs> and Cena's response just had me fucking rolling on the floor laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I think so. You know, obviously, I'm a I'm a DC fan. I've put it out there that I've enjoyed even some of the ones that even some of the duds I've enjoyed enough. I think Margot Robbie was excellent in The Birds of Prey, especially. And so I'm just, yeah, yeah I'm fucking, I, I cannot wait for this one. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Massive thumbs up for me. I couldn't stop laughing at the sequence where they're going, if you fail the mission, you die. If you tell us the information that's not any good, you die. And she comes rolling in going, if you've got personalised plates on your car, <laughs> you die. <laughs> if you cough without covering your mouth. And Joel Kinnaman's like, stop. And then he goes, by the way, that's not an invitation to cough without covering your mouth. Like, yeah, that was good. I just, I was just loving it. I thought it was really, really funny. Yeah, they've really hit the nail on what sort of the trailer kind of quickly showcases what they're going for. Yeah, which is something a little more tongue in cheek, and I think that's the way you got to play this sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. Uh, it looks, James it looks great. You can't go wrong, right? Yeah. Like he's done a lot of really interesting stuff and, and, and done some really good uh yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite yeah. Marvel ones. Uh, yeah. so he, he just seems to have a way about sort of keeping things light. Yeah, and, can and change the mood the tone right. Can change the mood when he wants to. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to it. 
All right. Let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1998's Snake Eyes. I could be court martial for this. That is not going to happen. 14,000 people witnessed the crime. They didn't tell me they were going to kill somebody. We got 1,500 cameras. What are you looking for? Only one man can see the truth. What are you chasing this for? You sat down and they wanted you to. They missed him with that second shot. Missed you. This is not the plan I invested in. Nicholas Cage. I'm not going to let you kill her. Snake Eyes. Rated R. August 7th everywhere. Snake Eyes from 1998. Directed by Brian De Palma, who directed Carrie. Produced by Brian De Palma. Story by Brian De Palma and David Coep, who wrote The Stir of Echoes, and he also did the screenplay. It stars Nicolas Cage as Rick Santoro, Gary Sinise as Commander Kevin Dunn, John Hurd as Gilbert Powell, and Carla Gugino as Julia Costello. Cost $73 million to make and made $103 million worldwide. Now, Will Smith was originally set to play Commander Kevin Dunn, but Paramount balked at his $12 million asking price. That's fair enough. <laughs> now, I'm going to start this up. The opening 40 minutes actually does create some interesting ideas and puts a bit of mystery in the air. But then they just... Basically just blow their twist to the 45-minute mark. <laughs> and the rest of it is just a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible. The, the second half is just garbage. And, I mean, Nicolas Cage. Who has ever met a bloke like Rick Santoro? Oh, I wish Anybody? I had. I wish I had. Jesus no, Christ. Fuck. It's so over the top. It's a caricature. It's not a character. It's just a bloody cardboard cutout. It acts like an asshole the whole time. And the plotting and the explanation for why they've done what they've done is just so stupid. I'm just sitting there. Gary Sinise, I cannot believe he kept a straight face. Yeah. He kept a very he straight face. He looks uncomfortable. The whole movie. That's he fair. looks uncomfortable delivering that shit. <laughs> I mean, oh, look! I sound like I want to kick the shit out of it. I still gave it two out of five. Yeah, because I was at least intrigued for a while. Uh... <laughs> oh. Overall, bloody hell! Oh. <sighs> Hey, Maddie, come on! Look, tell me I'll, why you put us through this. Wasn't as quite as upset. I like I I liked De Palma's direction. I liked the yes. The, I'll give you that. The use of the music. I liked some of the camera angles. I didn't <laughs> mind the chopping and changing. I knew what to expect from Nicolas Cage, so I wasn't upset when he was hamming it up. <laughs> there were some great character actors in there, and if you ignore the plot, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> That's a big ask. <laughs> So yeah. I, I was ignore the plot for two hours and you'll probably enjoy it. <laughs> Look, I enjoyed watching it. I'm, I'm giving it a three and a half. I really... Oh, you, guys, you guys are just a bit too critical. Shit. Just enjoy- this is worse than that time Gibbo had us watch that Travolta turn. Three and a half. I had fun. I had fun with it. Get off. Shit. <laughs> 
Jason, you must be a Nicholas Cage tragic. <laughs> Tapped into some things I like, guys. Chad's oh, <laughs> crying. Shit. All right, Jared, where were you at? Three and a half. Oh, I'd watch it again. I'd watch it again. That's my criteria. Would I watch it this again? This is only the okay. second time I've watched it since 1998, Matty, and I'm fucking upset. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jared, where were you at? Where were you at on this? Lower than three and a half, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> I can't disagree with what Maddie's saying, but I guess it's to the extent. I mean, <laughs> I can't put it any better than if you ignore them. <laughs> you ignore them. It's not a, not a bad movie. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I, I agree that the best parts of it are to do with Brian De Palma and what he's doing. Yes. I mean, the opening 15 to 20 is excellent. That shot that's um, built up as like one continuous sort of steady cam as he's walking through the arena and, and that sort of stuff. It's excellent. Yeah. But the big failing for me is is Cage's character. It's just a disaster. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, said, it's, it's kind of a cardboard cutout, but then we are expected to swallow the fucking turn that he takes, and there's just nothing leading up to it. There's no mm. build-up. There's nothing nothing leading to that character. As you said, yeah. Gazza Sinise looks fucking embarrassed to be there. <laughs> um, just, and, and once it gets to the, the meat of it, he should be embarrassed to be there. So... <laughs> Jesus. Like you, Adam, I I gave it a two, but mostly for that stuff that, you know, the stuff that De Palma did, the early work, I mean, if I was grading it on 20 minutes and after, it'd be a fucking, it'd be a half star effort, I reckon. (laughs) So... Yeah, three and a half, Matty. God, what are you on? I think I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree I'd, with Matty. I'd, in I'd the come sense off of... the back of watching seventeen hours of The Bachelor. Come on, <laughs> right? Said, true. I mean, shit. Seriously, it's just three and a half after watching. If that. I was fucking, if I was as high as a kite, I'd still give it two and a half. I reckon <laughs> maybe a three. <laughs> I do agree with Matty, and this would probably be my first like. Is De Palma's direction is stylish. Mm. Like his camera work and his camera moves are excellent. He kind of knows how to show you the space of where we are mm. because we're in the in a arena. You need a good director to sort of show you where all the touch stones are and touch points that you should know what's going to come later. Yeah, and he does that really well. And he also has the opening sequence where they use a lot of news footage to kind of provide a little bit of exposition. So it starts with the girl outside talking about the hurricane and the fact that they're going to pull down the arena after tonight. And then we come in and we get Cage. We meet Cage on camera with his buddy. He's on crack, that guy. He's at the beginning of that movie. He's so so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he and then he walks away from behind the camera and we get a little more exposition about the fight through three um basically news news um screens that are giving us a little bit more. So I really love that. I think that's you know I mean the 
De Palma's been around since the 60s, so his work is he's honed this down to a fine art. Yeah. And he's really, really good here. He does know how to do it. And he's technically, directorially, it is really, really well directed. Just can't keep Nicolas Cage in a leash. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it is a good cast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got Cage, you've got Gary Sinise, you've got Carla Gugino, you've got Kevin Dunn, Louis Guzman. They all give decent-ish performances except for Cage. Mm. I mean, Cage even, when he reins it in, he's better. Yeah. He has his moments, and I think I think the main issue is probably the character in general. I, th- I, I think his shtick could have worked to an extent, but it was just too much. And I don't yeah. know whether that was him or whether it was, but it just seems like the character was was not. I think there was well a purpose written. behind it was that. Developed anyway. Yeah, there's a purpose behind that though. It's like I know, I'm sure you recognise and just think it's a load of shit anyway. But that whole thing of he's a caricature. He's done some horrible shit. He's been taken as a joke, and this is the way he's yeah. overcompensating with the yeah babies in order to put on this persona of uh, everything's all right when really. He can't stay faithful. He owes money. He can't do anything right. He's the only thing that he's consistent at is being a fuck up. And then when shit gets yeah. real, actually, he does have something left in the bag where, surprise everyone, surprise, surprise, he can solve a case and he can do the job. It wasn't yeah. the solving the case or the, or the <laughs> job. The like, case, it was, yeah. it was <laughs> like that stuff was fine. Mm. And I actually think. The what it seemed like the intended arc was could have been really good, yeah. But it was just underdeveloped, and so when you're expected to buy things, yeah, we don't we don't get too in too into it until we discuss it later because <laughs> it's coming up later. Either dislikes, but yeah, I think I think his performance is actually it's okay because I think he was covering up. He had to cover up something that was lacking. From how it was written. Yeah. On the page. Mm. I think, Maddie, you've kind of found the crux of it there, but it just doesn't come across very well. Mm. Because you needed to be more consistent that yes, he was a he was a fuck up. Yes, he was a he was a loose morals and dirty cop. Yeah. But but he he was a good cop in a sense he could crack a case. Mm. Like they didn't get to that. Basically, the moment we meet him, he just comes across as a fucking flim-flam artist. Yeah. Like, the moment he comes on screen, it's just like, of course he's dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of the of character not from... Cop. It reminded... Maybe this is where, why I liked it, but it reminded me of the main character from Filth by Irving Welsh. The, um, the, this cop that's just so dirty and just descends into mental illness. <laughs> but he's like, he's just the, I don't know, I, I found the dirtiness part of who he was. Like, I'm, this, yeah, this yeah. cop that's... And I did that's have a... Sailed straight I did actually have there, a man. You're getting, to it. You're getting too deep. You're talking about literary, <laughs> talking about literary references. It's just like... Whew. It was, yeah. I'm maybe it's just it. Nicolas Cage being a dickhead and I haven't seen enough Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> no, he's I not think- any more wild in this than, say, Face Off, though. Like... It's not the wildness that gets me. It's just the underdeveloped character and, and what we're expected to believe that he does later in the, in the film. Mm. It just doesn't. Yeah. He turns. It's too quick. It doesn't resonate. It's too all. quick and it's too easy. Yeah. That he would just turn like that. 
in my mind, he takes the ten. He takes a hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. He would have yeah, he he taken seven grand. <laughs> it wasn't a hundred. It was a mil. Yeah. Fucking million yeah. dollars. He's taken that, judging by everything he's, every decision he's made prior, other than, oh, well, I've, I've got to do my job and solve the case, which again comes across as, well, why are you doing this? Because he didn't give two fucks about it early on. And it's not because of the connection between him and the girl. <laughs> they try and sort of play it off that he suddenly grows a conscience about her. But, but they yeah. have like two minutes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At best. Yeah. So there's nothing there. I mean, we again we're in the dislikes here, so let's just cool our jets. <laughs> jets a little bit. Yeah, the um, arena hasn't fallen apart just yet. We've got to fucking wait till later in the night when that happens. The know- best part of Cage's performance in the film, at his best sequence, is when he browbeats the coppers to take over the investigation. Yeah, that was pretty good actually. Yeah, how he tells mm. Sinise, We'll just we'll take over, we'll you know, it will be fine. And then he basically just browbeats that cop, you know, and he's like, you can't hold 14,000 people. And he's like, they're 14,000 eyewitnesses. You know, like, yeah. I really enjoyed that stuff. That's Cage. Well, yeah, that was good, solid Cage. He had dialed down his bullshit. That was where his character totally fit. Like, mm. he was... Yeah. He, that was where his, his brash-talking bullshit was spot on. He was protecting his friend. Yeah. That, that was the sequence where it all seemed to be where it needed to be. And it was yeah, it was yeah. very brief, but it was it was pretty good. Yeah, I think it's it's just uh, yeah. I won't again. I need to fucking call the jets. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the, the the narrative from different angles. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, even something like there was another thriller around. I think it was in the two thousands that had Dennis Quaid. It was called Vantage Point. And it was a bit the same. They used a similar thing. Everybody's story from the the same thing shown from a different angle. And I like that. And I think De Palma makes that work mm. somewhat. Yeah. But then they drop away from that at the 45-minute mark. And as I said, you gave this up too easily. Yeah, that's fair like, enough. <laughs> De Palma's supposed to be a thriller guy. But you then give up your twist at halfway through? What are you expecting us to yeah. do then? And it was meant to be a chase and it just but didn't quite work, right? I guess the thing there, Adam, is that because the cast was fairly small, you kind of knew, like my eyes were on Sinise from about 10 minutes in. Mm. And whenever, the, you know, there was a sequence yeah. where he's talking to the girl and, and you can't hear it, it's like, oh, well, I'm thinking he's in on it. I'm thinking something, you know... So the twist 45 minutes in didn't necessarily cause a bit of an issue for me. It was sort of like what came after that. I mean, the the bullshit we're expected to cop about why they were doing it, Mm. that was where the wheels really just fucking flew off. (laughs) That was the end of it for me. The different vantage points was excellent. I mean, I liked the, especially liked revisiting the fight, the POV sort of approach that they took from that. Because we at that point we'd seen it from Cage's perspective, and we'd done a lot of sort of yeah. steady cam stuff, staying with him the whole time. So it was good to start fleshing out what he didn't see. Mm. I th- although I thought him seeing Stan Shaw fucking looking like he did overplayed it a little bit because Stan Shaw looks like he's uh, just seen. I don't know, it looks like he's just seen Ed Warren haunting the fucking building or something, <laughs> and then kind of goes, ooh, and closes his eyes again. Yeah. But then seeing it from his perspective, I thought that was excellent. 
that was a really good way to start rolling into what we're getting here. And it was, it was, it almost added this fun kind of mystery, almost like a, not a murder mystery, but just a mystery element to it that we're unraveling it that way. And I was really yeah. enjoying things at that point, including Stan Shaw's boxing trunks, which are dead set. So giving him high. A, they are giving him a chafe under the armpits. They are <laughs> fucking high. <laughs> He doesn't look quite oh, yeah. like a heavyweight boxer. No. Until he's beating the shit out of Nick, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, that's right. When he's in the tracksuit, he doesn't have to yeah. I don't know what they were hiding with the trunks up there. <laughs> maybe Stan hadn't had the best preparation for the fight. Superfluous <laughs> third nickel no. I didn't want. I don't think he had. <laughs> so yeah. I totally agree with that, Jared. I think some of that was really, really well done. What was he trying to do? Bullshit me to death? That was a great line. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I could not stop laughing when we finally get to the end and Sinise is cornered by the cops. And he's standing there and he's looking at Cage and Cage tells him he's got snake eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he's sort of thinking about what he's going to do. Then he just does a quick 180 and tries to open the door behind him. Holy! <laughs> <laughs> the gig's up, mate. No, 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 mate. You're done. Yeah. You are done, Gary. <laughs> but it was just so comical. It was like something Frank Drebin would have done. Oh. oh, man. That's good. That is good. And my last like was... I did like that they wrap it up with Santoro basically getting done for being corrupt. Yes. Well, this is <laughs> part of the big missed opportunity, right, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think that was that was solid as well. He'd been a hero, but then he was a corrupt Him receiving his reward was one of the funniest parts in the whole movie. He gets it. He's shaking hands. He's been given this award. And then he just, like, raises it above his head and beaming <laughs> smile and he's like, I'm the champ! It's so funny. <laughs> and then they just, like, completely knock him off the pedestal and it turns into, like, yeah. TMZ following him around. <laughs> I found that yeah. really funny. The funniest part of that was that it was his mate the whole time. Like, yeah. the voice was the guy that he'd given the exclusive to in the, on the paper. Yes. He, you hear him there going... Oh, Ricky. Oh, Mr. Santoro. Fucking roasting him every time he's looking for a looking for a quote and whatever. Yeah, that was that was pretty. I did enjoy that. Pretty good. What um, else do you got, Manny? Because obviously it's three and a half. You, we should be here for another twenty minutes. I've still, like, still got a handful here, yeah. Adam. You fucking sailed Have through you? that like. Yeah. Holy shit! I, I think you've actually yeah. understated what department did. Like I had a bunch of sequences highlighted. Like the, he, there, there was he sort of stuck with those longest, longest shots, and and moving with people quite a bit throughout. There's another mm. one that I really loved. Again, it was it was a POV of Stan Shaw's character, but then he turns to the mirror halfway through, yes. and it kind of goes yes. out of the POV and starts following him and stuff like that. I liked, and I felt like it could have been used to better effect. The stuff on the casino floor, where they're using the security and cages, kind of. Especially yeah. the parts where you see the monitors and you see two things going on at once on the monitors and then they follow that up with, with parts where they actually have two two different viewpoints split being screen. played side by side in the split screen. All this stuff was, was – there was some really good ideas. I especially liked when he shoots the hotel rooms over the, over, over the ceiling. Uh, so on, yes. on, on the ceiling and goes over the walls. Yeah, the that was cool. It's like a tracking shot that over the top. Yeah. yeah. I thought that That's was really, really cool. I thought sequence. that was great stuff. So that was definitely on the likes for me. Mm. 
I, like, I think I just liked some of the comedy aspects in there that, that cracked me up. I didn't expect in there. Nicolas Cage blowing up about the fight. <laughs> he's going off when he's watching it. Yeah. I thought that was really, really well acted. I liked uh, I liked when the crowd starts going into chaos and the violins start kicking in. That just felt like Carrie mm. to some extent. I think yeah. he was tapping back into some and of the previous And those sequences were well, well directed as well mm. because you kind of get a sense of the confusion. Yeah. Mm. On the floor. Yeah. yeah. And he does a really good job, De Palma, of kind of creating that confusion. So you're not, as an audience member, you're confused just as much with all the, you know, the yelling and the boxing match going on and the people moving around and Cage sort of mm. on the phone. And I think that was a really nice touch, you know. Yeah. I liked Gary Sedis. I liked his performance. Like I thought he did the best with what he could there. <laughs> he's um Yeah, he he's a, solid. He played it the him playing it straight was the complete opposite of Nicolas Cage. And you could see why he would turn on him and think of him as a jackass and this guy's just gonna fuck yes. it up. This is why I'm gonna keep him in my pocket. Um, you could sort of see that. He's and he's sort of tolerating him at the beginning there. The opening minute though, when Sinise and Cage come together on the floor there yeah. just near the, the ring. I mean, there's a look on Sinise's face that quite frankly says, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's looking at Cage like, what the fuck is this performance you're pulling out? <laughs> I was watching it. I was watching it going, I, I, I hope this was the first time the joke about, oh, my wife likes to talk during sex. Yeah, she called yeah. me from the hotel room. <laughs> I hope that was the first time it was ever told. <laughs> that was a bit funny. <laughs> it was a good laugh. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a good laugh. What was your favourite Cage line? Go to go to confession later, but don't bury yourself now. Mm. Mine were yeah, mine like were that. a bit more straightforward, just like crazy acting moments. Oh, the uh, yeah, baby, go, baby, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. My favourite was when he's you're giving was when he's, he's browbeating uh, Stan Shaw's character into fucking telling him that he's dirty, and finishes up with yeah. and you signed my kid's autograph. <laughs> And then I also loved when he's getting the shit kids kicked out of him. He's like, oh, that's not a punch. Come on, girly man. Show me what you got. <laughs> His face was so munted in that scene. Yeah. He's got a oh busted jaw. I liked when they, I thought to oh, give him, to give his. was just exquisite yeah. from Nick Cage there. Because, yeah, he was playing it. He was talking like through the yeah. broken jaw. But he's right up in his face. Come on, girly man. <laughs> <laughs> Just ludicrous. Uh, oh, champ. <laughs> champ. He's yelling at him. <laughs> oh, man. I liked when, he, when they're like, uh, Mr. Santoro, and he's like, Detective Santoro. Mm. It's like, I thought that was good. He had a, yeah, he had a couple of good, he had a couple of good cage moments, but he, like, I don't know, there was enough of a decent acting performance in there just for me to, to be a little bit upset about how the whole movie panned out, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. You know who that, who his performance <laughs> It reminded me of another performance of his that fit much better for this type of shit in Face Off. Yeah, well, that's kind he of He was very is. similar in Face Off, yeah. but Face Off was okay for that shit. Yeah. yeah. I was... mean, Travolta was going well over the top as well. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that movie was ridiculous. They were trying to outdo each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Whereas... This didn't feel like it, 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 it needed that. It, it could have reined some of that in and I think would have been more successful. Yeah, mm. I think it, 
Yeah, totally. And I just again, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't mind seeing the script to see what they, uh, what was on the page. The character just was such a problem for me that I couldn't get past that. Adam, good to see you know the bloke in the security office. Good to see he turned his life around after Steven Seagal taught him not to be racist with a game of slaps oh, and, yeah. um, on deadly ground. <laughs> he decided yes. to choose a. I, I noticed he was he was quite remorseful. Yeah. <laughs> he decided to choose a a you know a more righteous path in life. It's also taken me all these years of seeing him to finally put together that it's He's Sheriff Sheriff Meekers. Meekers. Yes. Yeah. It didn't, didn't take me long. Mike Star and Bo Star. Mike Star and Bo Star, that's right. I feel like this this security office and the cameras, I did mention it briefly, but I liked when they were when they were going on. I feel like it could have been done to better effect. I actually think the part where the elevators were going up together and Santoro didn't know that, that Dunn was in the elevator and stuff like that. I mean, that stuff was good. Essentially, all they're doing is going up in two elevators, which shouldn't be exciting, but they did. They squeezed some excitement out of that. That was one of the... Yeah. They messed with the timeline a bit there, so you're not exactly sure who's where. Yeah. That was one of the, yeah. that was one of the few points that this thriller actually thrilled me for, for a brief <laughs> sequence. Yeah. <there. laughs> See, even then, Jared, that sequence was okay. Yeah, it wasn't top-notch. But, but they didn't feel like they squeezed enough out of it. And I keep thinking De Palma seems to have a really good handle on how to shoot this stuff, but yet he kind of drops the ball there <laughs> Yeah, on a sequence that would have been really suspenseful. Yeah, well... Or should have been it's, really uh, suspenseful. It was sort of leading... It was sort of muddled because you had some really good moments in that whole section because you had it on the casino floor, which portions of that I liked, in the elevator, up to the hotel room where I said I really loved that sweeping sort of shot over the top. Mm. But, yeah, it was just it was very uneven in that in that stretch. The shooter, yeah. what's his name, Rabat? He's definitely wearing <laughs> yeah. soul glow, isn't he? Oh, fuck, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> And that poor bastard, talk about getting stitched up. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a shot. Brrr. Yep. Yeah, talk, he, didn't even get a, he didn't even get a word in in the movie, I think. He just pulled the gun out and then off you go. <laughs> thanks, yeah. uh, thanks for that. Thanks for your efforts. The last part that I actually did like was the balloon in the stadium actually having the camera oh, in the sky. They didn't know about mm. Because that's kind of a standard thing that you see at those sporting games, the little kind of mini yeah. blimp floating around. I mean, shit, I remember that at the Cannons a couple of times, Adam. <laughs> the blimp around the top and things like that. But it's... Uh, well, it was a nice way to uncover Sinise. Yeah, it was involvement. pretty straightforward, but it was one of the things where there was a bit of a twist where I was like, eh, okay, I don't mind that one. <laughs> Maybe it was, yeah. in comparison, it was so fucking simple compared to some of the other stuff that was, some of the other things that were going on, I was just like, yeah, let's bring it, but let's bring it back a little bit. <laughs> Pull it back. What did you think of the fat bloke in the, in the suite with the girl? <laughs> and as soon as he, oh, yeah. as soon as he realises he's not a chance, he puts his wedding ring back on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He starts going, I'm a happily married man. He, he kicks her out <laughs> and then ends up getting kicked out himself, lucky not to get shot, and then he, um... And he runs into the cop and he's like, this woman's uh, ripping me off. Or, it's, uh, I, got kicked out of my, I got kicked out of my own room. Yeah. <laughs> it starts crying foul <laughs> straight away. <laughs> I found that funny. Yeah. 
No, you, did, you, did, you did your dash there, mate. That was your... Oh, <laughs> that was your fault. I enjoyed it. What that's me. Got? That's me. That's, that's all it? I got. That's all I needed. That's, that is not three and a half stars worth of... That's it. Oh, man. Oh, I think you got mixed up. You were you thought you were you were scoring snake eyes, but you you know you go three and a half of the bachelor. <laughs> Just got it mixed up, mate. The entertainment Look, value is there. Dislikes Cage. It just De Palma should have been reining him in a little bit because Santoro he could have still been dirty, but understatedly dirty. Mm. So we would have perhaps bought. The fact that he was a, a decent cop who who could investigate, you know what I mean? Like because he's such an over the top jerk, the moment we meet him, it's just like fuck, you know? Yeah. When, when he when when Sinise hits him with a million dollars, I'm expecting Cage to take it. Yeah, he was. It was just that he was such a twat that there wasn't anything to latch onto to say. Yeah, there's still something there. There's still something there that we can sort of say he's still the good guy. Yeah. It's not like he's <laughs> he's he's doing his best effort to not talk to anyone in his own life. Like his his wife's on the line, yeah. don't put my daughter on. His daughter's on the line, don't put the wife back on. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's definitely a prick. See, they could have even just had him to be at least not a – he didn't have a girlfriend on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that could have been enough. Just, just shave the edges a little see, bit. Even if you it, don't like, have that, you can be that flawed guy, but still have this heroic tendency that leads him to do what he's gonna gonna do. But you just don't see it anywhere because he's he's taking cash off drug dealers. He's fucking swanning around like he's king shit and yelling out. I mean, he's, he's Ric Flair, isn't he? There's yeah. everything but the woo, like on the end <laughs> of, a bit it. of that like, too. It's just kind of <laughs> that. Well, yeah, think, there is, isn't there? I think he went with the woo 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 woo. He missed it up. He, he, I mean, it was a little different. The part that summed it up for me was when he he's he berated Carlo Gugino's character for basically being the one to let him in on the fact that his mate's crooked. Mm. It's like, yeah, yeah, he loses it at that. If point, there's a little he? bit more shade, yeah, he's angry at her, but he's not angry at her. He's angry at the fact that he didn't see this and he didn't see it going on. But the way that it pans out, it's like. He She's comes across as he's angry at her yeah. and he's got the shits because his mate's crooked, but then for the rest of the film we're like, he's been so fucking crooked himself, yeah. it wouldn't have phased him. Look, it goes from Rick it goes from who do you think you are, lady, to <laughs> to are you a cop or aren't you? And then he wakes up. Yeah, and which is yeah. bullshit. That's the mm. problem, right? Yeah. And you know, the the line at the end that we're ex- we expected to believe that he's gonna turn down a million dollars. Because and he goes the line that we're supposed to say is the reason for it all is but I've never killed anyone. It's mm. like okay, it, it just doesn't it doesn't play for me. It's just it's like the, the reason why it doesn't work for me is you've just hit it hit the nail on the head. He is so crooked throughout. Why would he care that his best mate is crooked? Yeah, he'd be like, "Where's the gravy I mean, train? Let me on it!" Like mm. exactly. He'd be going, "Give me, put me, bust out in the trough." For yeah. fuck's sake, it's like Roger Rogerson, bloody, you know. <laughs> so, suddenly he grows a conscience. <laughs> Jesus Christ! 
He didn't yeah, have that's the style, what they try to pull. He didn't have the bloody the print jacket yeah. and all that sort of stuff, old Rogerson. Yeah, old Rogers wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting around in that sort of clobber, but <laughs> still, it's the same thing. Yeah. This guy is a crooked cop and has been his whole career by the look of it. Mm. So why would he suddenly give up a million dollars to shut his mouth? Yeah. It's just that there was never anything there that seemed to be like his, I don't know, like his anchor point or the point that he wouldn't pass until, oh, I'm going to start investigating the crime, which, again, seemed out of character. Yeah. But then, yeah, when you hit those points, it's like, why do you care? And why do you care about someone's life or whatever? Because you haven't displayed that previously. Uh, if it had been a little bit better written, that, that arc is, is great. Yeah. Like the fact that he is this guy, but he does have, there is lines he won't cross. And he does it all knowing that he's going to fucking go to prison at the end because it's going to get found out. Yeah. Like that's a nice little redemption kind of angle for him, but you just don't get it. Yeah. That's that's my yeah. biggest problem with Cage. I don't even think the performance bothered me that much. It's just like it felt like he was covering up for the lack of everything else there. That's the most pissed off that Sinise is at him. He's like, all you have to do is be consistent. That's the most pissed off he is. How yeah. come you're not doing exactly what I expected you to do? Yeah. And I think that's all that's all they've got. I had the, I've I felt the same pain. <laughs> you sympathize too much with Sinise. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that is the interesting plot point is why won't you do what I want you to do? Mm. Just fucking lay down and take the dollars, mm. right? Yeah. That's an interesting angle. And he'd read him perfectly. From what we could tell, yeah, this is your best mate. You know that he's dirty. That's, it. That's yeah, it, the expectation that Sinise had that he would turn. Yeah. I mean, there, even then, it doesn't make sense that he only lets him in on it when he really has no other choice. Yeah. It's like this motherfucker, I'm, he's the first one I'm telling because he's the he's yes. the crookedest prick yeah, I know. Right. Well, I've been and the straight as- guy and never got a leg up, this guy's been crooked as yeah. and he's loving life. As like- soon as he says, no, I'm not going to help you, I don't know why he doesn't cop a bullet yeah. other than to find the girl. Yeah. Like the At that point, I'm not going to help you is but he's not going to find the girl anyway. Yeah. I guess the thing was you kill Cage, you draw more attention to yourself. You know, that but type that's the, of thing. That's the one that, guy but, that actually knows it's him at the moment that that isn't telling him to keep going with what he's doing. Mm. He's the he's the <laughs> loosest screw in the ship, you know, like Yeah. Well one of the big problems, Jared, you pointed it out earlier on, is that Sinise sticks out like a sore thumb as being the the bad guy. Because those opening minutes when him and Cage first talk, everything just feels so stilted. All the conversation about how, you know, I'm here on security detail for the bloody minister or president or senator or whoever the fuck he is, you know, I've got to, I've got to, got to be careful. It's just like it just feels so, so stiff that I was like, oh, yeah, well, obviously Sinise is up to, up to no good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just, just, like it, it just never. Things were off with him from the get-go. Yeah, and and I blame this. It, I blame this movie for Reindeer Games, Adam. We paint him as the bad guy oh. here, and then <laughs> someone says, "Oh, Gary Sinise, he did all right in Snake Eyes as the bad guy." <laughs> oh yeah, let's put him in Reindeer Games. <laughs> I mean, get, poor old Gary Sinise was thinking, "What have I done? What have I done wrong?" <laughs> 
Yeah, I thought I was all right in Snake Eyes. <laughs> see, see, the problem for me is I think a few of these actors would have latched onto this project because of Brian De Palma. Yeah, absolutely. And not necessarily because of the quality of the script. Yeah. Unfortunately. Because it's a bit of a pot boiler. It's it's more of a sort of a B grade pot boiling type of thriller that doesn't really thrill. You know what the Will the Will Smith thing would have actually worked really well because at the time he was the yes. ultimate movie good guy. Yes. In fact, Will Smith, I think, would have would have been the perfect kind of angle because he would have been the guy that you think Cage is going to be the one that's not not right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it still, it still might have come across it. as pretty obvious, but Will Smith was just that guy at that time. The, the heel turn might have might have come as a bit of a surprise just because he was the good guy in, you know, just about everything he'd, he'd done, you know? Yeah. Actually, yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I would have been more excited to see what it would have been like with Will Smith instead. Mm. Yeah, Cage might have t- toned it down if he had Will Smith on the other side toning it up a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, Will Smith might have had the clout to say, listen, can you fucking stop this? <laughs> <laughs> you just settle down. Just read the fucking line that you've been given. Just, yeah. just for and this don't scene. yell it. <laughs> it's a trade-off. He's like, I'll give you this scene, but you need to read this one as scripted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, let's not go off the page here, Nick. Because this isn't working. <laughs> but the bit where he first turns up is the worst part of his entire performance, where he goes, I'm, I'm Rick Santoro, I'm Ricky, you know, that's bullshit. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, Brian, you should have said cut. We'll do that again. <laughs> did you like yeah, this? It's you... minute 19 of our 20-minute take, but we're going to start from the top, Nick, because you fucked it up. <laughs> Did you like his uh, golden Motorola? <laughs> yeah, I did. That, that actually was a nice I did. And look, I would have liked to have seen him in his fucking Hawaiian shirt for the whole film. But <laughs> yeah, definitely. He goes down the route of you know I have to look classy because I'm investigating. Oh, didn't he look this, sleazy? This he looked super, super sleazy. I mean, Christ, he he. I would expect to see him down, buddy, down with the hookers and shit, not, <laughs> not, not in a boxing match. Him getting berated by Sinise for his outfit was great. Yeah. <laughs> the other boxer that the Stan Shaw is fighting, he gives the worst performance <laughs> in the film. <laughs> Didn't you love it, though? He's wandering around it. the ring going, come on, man. <laughs> Talking trash, dancing. That was funny. (laughs) I just love the disdain that he was copying from Tyler. Though Tyler's like, I just wanted him to throw a big punch. He couldn't throw. He's like this sack of shit couldn't do anything. (laughs) So good. Uh, And he's talking about how. He's got no, he's, he's, he doesn't, there's no snap to his punches. He doesn't sort of oh. hit through the shoulder. And he's just, I mean, I love the fact that he, he desperately wanted this moron to knock him out. But the guy, he is just preening and prancing around the ring <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that was very, that was very funny. Mm. I also yeah, like um, Brian, Stan. Call Sh- cut, let's do that again. <laughs> yeah. Stan Shaw dropping one of the smelliest lines in the movie was, you know, when. 
again, Cage has sort of uncovered it and goes to tell him that he knows about it. And Stan Shaw says, hey, the guy was a great fighter. He fought very furiously. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> who wrote that? Who the fuck wrote that? <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, that was fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That didn't. I don't know what. I don't know what language I expected, but it wasn't that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. The worst thing for me was the, the bit where we get Sinise's version of events, mm. where he follows the redheaded woman. Yeah. And then he's talking to her, and their conversation is initially about you know where's your ticket and everything, and then he starts looking her up and down. Yeah. Checking out her legs. Then he starts the flirtation, and quite frankly, the dialogue is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> He's sort of going, oh, yeah, well, so well, what do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> He's about well, to no, forget, Adam. He's, no, he's no, possibly no. just making it up on the spot. He's no Kaiser Sozo when he's spinning that story <laughs> for Cage and telling him all that bullshit. <laughs> he's more than Leslie Nielsen yeah, style. I expected, yeah. You know what I expected, Jared? I expected him making it up like Homer Simpson, you know, the one where... And so I was sitting there, and then the phone rang, and uh, it's the president. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh, I mean, his, his version of events, even Rick Santoro goes, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking really he's, he's making it up like Homer Simpson when Homer gets caught in Mr. Burns' little pod and he's in his head he's going, <laughs> but think of a good story, and he goes, I'm Mr. Burns. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the story that he's spinning, mate. <laughs> oh, man. Is that, his, is that Mr. Burns' escape pod? Yeah, yeah, yep. Where is it? Is that the same escape pod where uh, Smithers goes to get in? And he goes, "There's a seat for two. I like to put my feet up." Yeah. <laughs> oh, classic, classic stuff. I was I, I was disappointed in the in the reveal of the bad guy at 45 minutes. Yeah. Maybe it's just me because it just I felt you needed to drag the mystery out. Because you didn't have much else. Yeah, look, I wasn't excited by it, but I, I kind of, when it happened, I was sort of like, well, they've got more to tell. And I think that's that's the failing. When when they told us what more it was, <laughs> I thought maybe you should have kept that whole thing up your sleeve. Yeah. I think <laughs> just, the- don't even reveal it. Don't even yeah. reveal it. Just fucking have Cage carrying on like a dildo for 90 minutes. And, and yeah, cut yeah, well, that would be better. <laughs> Oh, man. I actually think it would have been better that it was actually Cage who did it, and it could have been the un- unreliable narrator. You know, he's your main guy. He's telling his side of the story and investigating the crime, but he's actually involved. Mm. It would have made more sense the way he was carrying on. Yeah. Even though they were trying to sort of spin that whole thing of, you know, Sinise was the sort of the, the Boy Scout and Cage was the lowlife. I still think that could have been an interesting angle. Yeah. I'll tell you the moment where, I mean, I was clinging to the, the edge of the cliff, the moment where I just, it was that was it for me. The moment where I did, again, the Homer Simpson, the, that's it, I'm out of here, um, was when, when we, we start, you know, finding out what, what Carla Gugino's character was actually telling 
the guy about and it was fucking doctored missile tests. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, ah, I'm done. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I, I have no that care stuff for what. was just bullshit. Yeah. It just, once, it, when, it, when it was like, when it felt like a, I don't know, like a mob thing, a corrupt cops, like when it was in that wheelhouse and it was, you know, fixing a boxing fight, I was all in. But then when, as soon as they mentioned doctored missile tests, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's the only way to give uh, Sinise some sort of a a plot line that made sense. Yeah, and they well, gave it to us. They I mean, gave it to us early, right? Yeah. The Navy or whatever. yeah, he talks about the missiles. Like, yeah. But I was just, yeah, once once she'd started saying they're doctoring the missile test, and I was like, oh, fuck, are you kidding? Like, that's where we're at. That's yeah. what it's all about. Sinise's explanation was actually pretty solid. They, they can fix up the bugs later on. Yeah. I, I would have been, yeah. I could see Nicholas Cage going, he's actually right and popping yeah, couldn't up. You, couldn't, you have, <laughs> couldn't you have fought that battle at the boardroom table? You didn't have to go assassinating people to, to make that <laughs> yeah, point. I know. <laughs> like, we're killing a senator. Defence, Secretary um, of Defence, yeah. So, Secretary of Defence, sorry, at a massive boxing fight to Very cover publicly. up some missile defence things? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> For a contract, yeah. Like, it seems like an extremely convoluted and complex way of taking this guy out. And then Just you think knock about, him over at his fucking It was meant to be foolproof, though. You think, about, foolproof. you think about the progression where he's gone from Okay, I'm involved in doctoring the missile tests. If this gets found out, I'm, I'm up shit creek. I'll lose the job or whatever. Then he goes to, how do I fix that? Well, you know, put me, put me, you know, someone get me get me uh, in touch with the local henchman group so I can put together a crew <laughs> squad to assassinate yeah. this, this politician rather than copying the wrath and losing my job or whatever's going to happen. I'm just like, oh, this is, yeah, it's... Bullshit. But again, why do we have to kill him in front of thousands of witnesses? Like, why can't we just? <laughs> well, you know, because it's the easiest way to cover it up. Rag over his mouth at his home. The easiest way to cover it up, wasn't it? Like, you know, lots of people, and we've got a patsy. Like, but you didn't count on Rick Santoro. Yeah, that's of course. You never count on Rick Santoro. <laughs> never count on him, and you can never count him out. No, <laughs> no you can't. You can't count on the bloke. I tell you what. It would have been better if he'd have turned to Sinise and said, a million five. Yeah. And I'll shut up, probably. <laughs> because that would have been more like him. One of the moments that I actually got more of a laugh out of than I should have was the guy that is on their crew that's yelling, here comes the pain. Here comes the pain, baby. Here comes the pain. He appears to get jumped for saying that. It's <laughs> the... Yeah, they, 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 everyone turns around and fucking grabs him, yeah. and I'm thinking they cut away, but I'm sure there was a couple of punches thrown there. And I'm like, yeah. if that's all he said, that's pretty tame, isn't it? I mean, I've been at football games where people have said much worse than that. Yeah, <laughs> Haven't had their teeth fucking knocked out for it. But yeah, I, I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but he's, here comes the pain. And then like five people just grab him and fucking wrestle him down. <laughs> Yeah, why was that? Is he just oh, is he is he remonstrating a bit? Just though? boisterous, yeah. see, boisterous and carrying on. Yeah. The earpiece that was a big big plot twist, wasn't it? Big big reveal, especially when yeah. you know when when um, the camera had sort of got, gone past him and he'd already been fucking leering before he yelled out, <laughs> "Here comes the pain, baby!" <laughs> 
He looked like a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get a front row seat at Atlantic City boxing match? Yeah. Gary Sinise should have been checking his tickets instead, but no, he was okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate, he should have been fucking punching Rick Santoro's tickets <laughs> as soon as he turned up. Yeah. Yep, that's right. The, the, the last thing for me was that last 15 minutes after Cage has been bashed and he's got a broken jaw and he's he's got to get to his feet and wanders back out to try Three and get broken to Julia. Ribs, yeah. It is just so fucking slow and, <laughs> and boring. And then there's that whole bullshit outside about the stupid ball rolling around out in the fucking car park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, this is crap. Yeah. Why are we doing this? That was pretty weak, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, De Palma, get your finger out. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I think he'd walked off set by that point. <laughs> it doesn't seem like the same guy making the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, there's only one good thing about having watched this movie is it made me remember that Brian De Palma did Carlito's Way, which is fucking excellent. Mm. And it's on Stan as well. So I was pretty <laughs> excited to get to Carlito's Way. Mm. I was desperately, look, I should have just fucking started it and told you I watched Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have been giving it three and a half before. <laughs> you guys need to ease up. You've laughed this whole pod. Oh, loving it. Yeah, You're loving it. I laughed because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> I can't give it three and a half. There's no, there is no reality in which I could give this film three and a half. <laughs> you could talk me down to three. <laughs> well, if I hadn't have watched it... I would have said to you, oh, uh, Snake Eyes is a serviceable thriller. Straight up. <laughs> if I hadn't have watched it. and left it at that. Then gone mute for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and if I, you know, if I'd ignored the plot, Matty, maybe I would be giving <laughs> it straight up. That's what I'm saying. Fortunately, in a narrative, uh, it's hard to ignore the plot. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, my, my um, final dislike was why is the Donald Trump character even there? Like he, yeah, well, why was he? he? I never quite joined the dots on that. Well, he Was he involved with Tanith? Yeah, he was involved in it. Yeah. And he, um, obviously they were trying to say, you know, he owned the bloody casino and whatever. And But essentially, he's just... Well, a, he obviously wasn't like Trump then because so, he wasn't in fucking receivership. That's or, right. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> bankruptcy he, or some shit. He was essentially window dressing until 70 minutes in where they have a conversation yeah. and then that's it. I'm just like, why even bother? Well, I think they were trying to once again give us another angle as to who it could be. Yeah. Who could be involved. But it was really really clunky. But, again, I mean, Jesus, it's 2000, well, 98 and Donald Trump's being written as the villain, well, a villainous character in a fucking thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Quite amusing, really, that it's, mm. yeah, everyone knew about the bloke uh, way back then. But Now, is there any other dislikes here? No, I mean, I'm sure my, there is. I mean, fuck, this is a- I hated that they tried to make the romantic connection at the end there. I'll see it a year and a half, 12, 12 to 18 months. Yeah. I hated that. I was like, this it is kind of undercut the way they sort of finished up with Santoro. Mm. Yeah. That he was in trouble for. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's, she has no business corruption. being with him at all. Even if he saves your life, you're going to still be, he's a dead shit cop. I don't want anything to do with this bloke. Like, yeah, it just doesn't make any uh, sense. Nothing's yeah, as. Yeah. Uh, Nothing's as attractive as, you know, yelling at you for uncovering the 
villainous plot and things yeah. like that. Like it's it's yeah. just a natural yeah, the connection truth. there, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. That was it. Anything else? It's pretty good. <laughs> Three and a half. Enjoyable. <laughs> I'll go up to four. <laughs> oh, God. I uh, think I've gone down since that... we were talking about it. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I could have gone to one and a half now that we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah, we're getting further. And one further whole star for De Palma's work. Yeah. And then a couple other bits and bulbs, but it wasn't. It was unfortunately a bit of a poor experience. It was. Falling asleep Excuse talking me. about it. It was a bit of a poor experience, unfortunately. <laughs> Just. I mean, I fucking want to nod off. We've talked about it again. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. What a movie. All right. <laughs> that was Snake Eyes. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic. Send us an email, thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook, Thrillme Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. And Instagram at Thrillme Podcast. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of our next episode. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.